1: Boss will be with you, always.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and today I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Ria Corrigan. How are you doing, Ria? you okay?
1: I'm good, thank you. Yes, um, I am going to be annoying and say it's Carrigan.
0: Carrigan, I apologise. But
1: don't worry, everybody gets it wrong because it's a made-up name, so (laughs) that's why. My boss at work still calls me Corrigan. Okay. Really I, will, I won't
0: be that, but I, Carrigan, I will keep it at
1: that. <laughs> all names are
0: made up, let's be fair. Well, that's
1: very true. Yeah.
0: Um, Rhea, you've joined me today for uh, Now That's What I Call, and this time we're going to be talking about slasher films. It's Halloween. Yes. We've got, Woo-hoo. we're getting a real dirge the, the retro nostalgia is kicking in. We've got Halloween Kills coming out. Uh, I'm going to see it on Friday. Boom.
1: Oh, are Watch you a,
0: nice? By the time this comes out, I'll have already seen it. We've got Chucky the new uh CV series on sci-fi coming out i think starting again on the 15th we're recording this on the 12th throwing this start on the 13th and next year on in january 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 14th we've got scream although it's Scream five just scream uh the trailer <laughs> the trailer dropped again today it's 12th 12th of october the trailer dropped today so slasher films are sort of making their way back um so I wanted, let's talk about slasher films. Let's talk yes, about slasher love it. Um, first things first, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go all the way back uh, to those hallowed days. W- what are your thoughts on where do slashers come
1: from? Well, so this is a question I was going to ask you, which is, mm. do you believe that Psycho is the first slasher film?
0: Uh, it's interesting. I think 1960 is the start. Yeah. But, uh, but I think... I think uh, Psycho is accompanied by Peeping Tom.
1: Yes, which and is think... a film I hate. Which I know is terrible as a horror fan. I hate oh, Peeping Tom. Yeah. Do I, I hate, hate it? strong? I don't like it. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a fun watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go. Oh, I'm going to have a beer and watch Peeping Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of the two,
0: I'd rather watch Psycho.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um. I think Peeping
0: Tom's homework. Uh, there's a reason that pe- people don't know what Peeping Tom is. That's true. Um, for listeners, should we, should we give a quick actually? Because everyone everyone knows who what Psycho is. 1960, yeah. um, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, you know Norman Bates, the Bates Motel, all that sort of thing. Um, Psycho is an American film, British director. Uh, Peeping Tom is a British film. It is, yes. And it's about a photographer. Uh, it's been years since I watched it. I know I've been watching. It. It's a <laughs> I was really dreading that
1: you are going to be like, "Rear, you wrap uh, it up," I was like, "I've not watched it since I was about eighteen because I think yeah. it's rubbish."
0: He's a photographer that basically stalks women in, yes. and utilizes that to kill women. It's akin to like Maniac in in some respects, which is obviously a much more uh, graphic yeah, film. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or the early eighties, but um, yeah, that that's where I think it sort of starts.
1: I think so. I think that's fair enough. And I think that the 60s really started with the idea of the slasher or the lone killer mm-hmm. and sort of a woman surviving, sort of like the final girl trope. But I think it didn't come into what I consider like more pure, although I hate that term in horror, um, like pure slasher films and all sort of genre, which is really the 70s, which I think people had a lot more fun with. I think yeah. it's a, a lot more serious in the 60s, and then we move into the 70s, and you know, obviously, you know, it helps with Halloween and West Craven and, and all of these sort of things. That's always gonna, you you know, there's always gonna be sorry John Carpenter and then West Craven mm. coming on a bit later. Um, you know that there's always gonna be fun in there, right? Because they are fun directors and filmmakers. But I think yeah, the more slash in its purest term is probably 70s 80s. And then obviously we get to the, the scream era where we again start having a lot more fun with it.
0: Yeah. One of the things, and this is something again, I haven't really done masses of research on these things, but I was I was actually researching something else. This is this was actually for a thing about monsters. But one of the things I found interesting, the term serial killer and the sort of the associated psychosis that goes with it was that wasn't established until like the, the mid-70s. I think it was like 74 really? or 75. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen the, there's a program on Netflix called Mindhunter. Um, yes.
1: Great, great program. Yeah.
0: And that, I mean, that's based on the fact, like the yes, guys, yeah. the, the, the guys that, did that sort of like, you know, they interviewed all these, these, these killers and termed the, the, the phrase serial killer and then built this sort of uh, profile, this model up for these characters. And I, I, I want, in my head, can we, is there a correlation between certain things? Like um, there are milestones in, in America that seem to have rocked the nation. And one of them is the Manson murders, sort of like 1969, mm-hmm. really put the st- stop to like the hippie movement and sort of enters. you know, you get into the gritty 70s, and that's a big part of it. But also if post that, you get the recognition of serial killers. And at the back of it, you start to get slasher films, you know, like, uh, early ones like Black Christmas, um, Halloween, and all these things. And, the, but, and all the characters, all the killers, there's no fun in them, is there? There's no camp. Yeah. Um, to begin with. And I, I don't know, I just find that quite interesting that the 70s weren't campy yet in when it came to these sorts of characters.
1: And I guess sort of, I think there is something there and I'm not great at this sort of stuff, mostly because things just fall out of my brain. But, you know, <laughs> I think there's definitely, you know, we see, we see it with Romero's zombie films, don't we? You know, that they're off the back of things that are happening in, in America, political mm-hmm. movements, the way society's changing in America and I wonder if slasher films are the same sort of thing so what was happening in the 60s and 70s so got the hippie movement women feminism slasher movies it's always a woman being stalked by a man and you know if she's not a virgin she gets murdered if she is a virgin she survives so then then, there's going to be somebody who'll know this much more knowledgeably about me or Problem, or maybe you as well um yeah. and will say that yes that's exactly what it's about but there's got to be some sort of connection there hasn't there
0: but yeah you make a really good point it's, especially that thing around feminism um because in, in weird look slasher films get this sort of uh, and don't, don't get me wrong these, this thing exists but there's this sort of like cliche or trope that people often talk about oh the bimbo that's just running around with the boobs out getting hunted you know yeah but th- that's like one of the you know maybe one of the characters there's always yeah. you know and excuse the terminology but there's one slutty character <clears throat> but there's always the, the the virginal intelligent one the laurie strode or the heather langen you know the her um, nancy thompson those sorts of things <clears throat> you always get the, the the final girl that's been the sort of the but you're right in that it's this sort of weird thing about sexual promiscuity though, isn't it that out of the 60s of sort of like free love, you yeah, well now free love and the use of drugs results in Jason Voorhees coming to cut your head off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We want to go back to those conservative fifties values of no premarital sex. And, you know, uh, those, those, you know, women that are women, that sort of thing. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, just saying that reminds me, I don't give him a Harry Enfield. Women know your place.
1: Yes, God. Harry, that's it. We must be the same age. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that is very much my generation reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, and it must be because, you know, it's, especially when we get to the 80s. So, who's the president in the 80s? Reagan? God, this is terrible. I'm so sorry. Reagan comes in, yeah. Case.
0: So there, there's a couple of things actually, and then you're, you, you run up, I think, you run up, I think you run up, Reagan's 81. Reagan gets elected in right. 81, um, and in this country, obviously, accompanied by Thatcher, who was elected in 78. So you get a yeah. conservative 80s, very conservative. 80s. Yeah.
1: You know, so it's I. You know, I. Thing. so for me one of I love horror films and one of the things I love about horror films is it's usually a space where there gets to be female characters whether mm-hmm. it's they're the bimbo or the final girl or like the token woman of color or anything like that you know all of those tropes suck but at least women get to be the main characters even though they're being stalked and murdered or like their husband doesn't believe their house is haunted because I mean what yeah. is wrong with men I know it's not what we're talking about but in like haunted house, Poltergeisty things they never believe the woman who's like yeah this creepy thing happened they're like no it didn't I I hate that trope I agree
0: it's one of the most frustrating and annoying tropes in haunted in haunted in ghost films or even like possession films they're like you know um it could you know I think this is this I think it's a ghost I think it's a possession and you get sort of it is again it comes back to feminism and this conservative notion of oh it's just being the flighty woman and spiritualism and feminism and man being logical uh-huh. it's ridiculous and it's so so frustrating but yes you...
1: <laughs> but so there's got to be something in there where it is I think it's probably more likely that filmmakers are pushing back against that conservatism and mm. saying you know these are the even though you know with slasher films the virgin survives and all of those sort of things but it's sort of like these are the the tropes that conservatives want to see, right? They want to see women in the homes, but actually this woman has to fight to survive. And mm. hey, women have to do that all the time, every every single day. Um, not going to go on that rant. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, in and the woman or the girl always survives at the end, right? It's very yeah. rarely that no, she but, doesn't. I was, yeah,
0: I was going to say, it's always, you know, until the next film when they usually kill yeah. them off so they can have a new yeah. final girl. um but, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm thinking in my head, if we, you know, we'll, we'll move on from the political allegory, I swear, but <laughs> <laughs> one thing I think in my head is one of those weird ones where you do, and I, I know that people sort of badge it with the morality tale that sex and drugs in a slasher film equals death. And you go, oh, no, you can't have sex and drugs in a slasher film. we go, all right, well, is it actually a morality tale or is it actually, let's say, a pushback where the fr- you, you know these progressive... Um you know uh, free love and actually when you see these characters that do you know they do get killed they are the sort of like more relaxed and sort of progressive and open characters are being killed off by a conservative killer so actually the yeah. the buddy is conservatism
1: <laughs> yes yes so, I'm down with this yeah
0: so the horror films are, you know yes the the final girl is often that you would say the virginal one the sort of the straight laced one if you want to use that term For the most part, I think there are sort of some variances to that. But actually, she survives because of her conservatism, because she's, you know, but still, in often cases, as you say, it's when she stands up for herself and becomes an independent, I'm going to say it's going to sound so fucking patronizing, so I apologize, but becomes an independent woman that she's actually had to stand up to these conservative um, ideals and fight back. An example has just come into my head. I can't remember the bloody character, character's name, but th- it, um post-Nancy in the fr- in the Friday and not many Arm Street films. Yeah. Uh, four, four and five uh has got a character in it. Dream Dream Warrior, not Dream Warrior, sorry, um Dream Child. <laughs> God damn it. Dream Warrior <laughs> is my favourite,
1: but... <laughs> yeah, because it's amazing. Yes, it is.
0: Um, but but beyond that you get a character in and I'm going to look, if you're looking it up I'll look it up in a minute I'm trying to have a quick look yeah um, <laughs> you you get, you get the character who um she's the, she is the mousy sort of um right Sorry, this is great podcasting by the way
1: so <laughs> the dream master are we on dream, dream master? master that's it number here four here we go it's cuz there's so many uh, it's ridiculous yeah
0: so you get alice? alice there you go alice is the best example of this and she's a fantastic example because she starts off as that very example character Like she starts off she's mousy she's she's shy she's conservative she's virginal and it's not until she actually starts to embrace the uh, outgoing uh, traits of her friends that have been killed that she's able to stand up to freddie and actually in the second in a second one as well and dream child it's again that those traits that keep her strong about fighting and, and freddie is definitely a conservative uh 100
1: oh, yeah. yeah
0: and and so yeah no i think i think we're onto a theory here i feel a dissertation <laughs> coming on <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's, there's this thing of like for, for these characters and female characters like unshackling themselves from this conservative sort of tropes is what allows them to survive at the end of the film
1: yeah absolutely I'm in yeah. agreement, and and I think that's where it can become really disappointing in the sequels, where the 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 final girl, or even like when it's a new final girl, she doesn't. It's not that she doesn't live up to what she did in the original or the first one. It's more that I often feel like the character gets completely thrown out. Yes, like and and we see that with the Halloween film, So I'm re-watching all <laughs> the Halloween films. <laughs> Me too. Um, yes, um, and Halloween two is. <laughs> So, I mean, who is Laurie in that film? I, I did a quick review for populism and I'm like, she literally just flops around in a bed for half of the film. Yeah, she and did I'm like at some
0: drug-induced coma for that massive yeah, part of ridiculous. it. it's
1: ridiculous. And it's like in the first one, you know, she's she is sort of, you know, she doesn't have sex and stuff like that, but she knows who she is, right? She's a very strong character. She's got strong beliefs. You know, when it comes to when um, Michael's attacking them, you know, she's protecting the children, you know, which in itself nowadays is quite tropey because it's the woman must protect the children mm-hmm. but back then wasn't and you've got to i think it's important to remember that when it came out you know and she's very much like i am not going to let she knows something's wrong throughout the whole film i'm not going to let this this <laughs> killer kill me and these children i'm going to survive and she's really mm. strong and then you get to like the second film and she's just flopping around in a bed and then you get to obviously um uh, the third one isn't in the same sort of timeline <laughs> But then you get to Thor she's just like abandoned her child and so on and so on. And then we finally get to sort of like H2O and the, the more remakes. And yeah. you, and you they have to bring her back to being that strong character because they can tell they have just completely lost that way with that strong female character storytelling throughout. And it works. That's why I mean, because I like H2O. I do. Um, I love
0: H2O. I think it's a great.
1: Fun. I think it's great fun.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. What are the, look, let's talk at Laurie Strode, because I think she's an interesting entry point for a lot of this um because you're right in the first film I mean she's she's the prototype for this I mean and again we also know that Jimmy Lee Curtis was the original scream queen she went on to do all yeah. kinds of bits and pieces um <clears throat> Terra train it was yeah not terror train it's um got prom night which is all right and then she did one she did one on a train which I watched and thought was dreadful <laughs> um but, you know it's, it's all swings around about us but yeah H. lobby strode she, you know they, they don't know what to do with her and it, it's clear that this, this is. They obviously built themselves into a corner. Firstly, by making a Michael's sister spoilers. For anyone didn't know that from thirty <laughs> years ago, forty years ago, um, she she becomes this sort of like anchor point for the film, uh, for the series. And they can't get away from it. Like you say, they bring back the H two O, and she's a much more resilient character. She's got the trauma, but not. Yeah, it's not like a brazen trauma. And then you get resurrection. And they do exactly the same thing again where they're like, I get the impulse that they've got to kill. It. I understand the need to, to, to break that connection between Michael and Laurie. They've got to break that. But the way it's done is such... To, to steal a Chris Phelps phrase, it's bobbins. It's
1: absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm remembering correctly. I probably should just Google it instead. Yeah. Um, it's she's she's doing she's like knows he's gonna return. Yeah. And but she's so worried about kill it. Is it because she's kit she kills the wrong person previously? Yeah, so, she's so the end of it yeah. So spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for the end Oh yeah, sorry. No, no, he doesn't he no, then like he throws her off something? I wanna say. a building. It's, I think it's because you a building. I think it's because you said terror train. I want it to be like a train, but I don't yeah. think there's a train in it. So
0: <laughs> I literally watched this today because I am not saying I'm working right, here with we this go. series. <laughs> So yeah, she locks, And again, it's it's relatively well done. So in H two O, you know they think Michael's dead, but she steals the body because she's going to go off and do something with it. He sits up, and then she crashes the van, and he's caught between the van and a, and a like a tree trunk. And at one point, this like he reaches for his mask, and he's reaching out, and then she lops his head off. And it turns out that it wasn't Michael; it was one of the police, and Michael had switched over. And they play it That's out, and it, so yes. Yeah. She's then incarcerated in sort of like a psychiatric yes. unit, and he hunts her there. Break, breaks into the hospital, but she knows he's coming, so she set up a bunch of booby traps like Home Alone yeah. style. But they go a bit pear shaped, and he stabs her and throws her off a building. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I knew you had to do it this way. It's to be fair, it's not great. It's still the best part of Resurrection. <laughs> Doesn't say much. Um, but then they obviously they've brought it back now for Halloween. 2018. Yeah. Do you think this idea that they brought back in 2018? Do you think do you feel it's still Laurie? This this because she's obviously traumatized and there's all this other stuff, the baggage it goes with it.
1: I don't so know. It's hard because mm. I'm a big fan of Terminator and Terminator 2 and mm-hmm. Linda Hampton's performance and how she goes I mean she's still badass in Terminator but how she becomes Mm. massively badass in Terminator 2 so I have a love for the fact that Laurie's like ah yeah I'm gonna like I've got this major plan and I know how to use guns and all of these sort of things so in general I think that's pretty cool because I like that but also I think I do think some there's there's something missing from what Jamie Lee Curtis brings to Laurie Strode in the first film Mm. like you know I know her acting's not amazing in it although she is an amazing actress Mm. um you know and I know that you know when we get to films like Scream we see um Neve Campbell doing I mean I think she's outstanding in that film I think she's absolutely wonderful so we know that there are young actresses who can do it better but she brings something so genuine to the role in the first Halloween and something so authentic and I know we use that word a lot these days but I actually think she does um, that everything she does feels real Mm. she doesn't do anything that we laugh about in the tropes now from slash films or horror films everything she does is done with a purpose and you understand why she does it and it's very natural and I think as much as I like sort of, you know, her becoming badass, I think that's a troublesome trope. When the only way she can be strong is to get muscles and fire guns and punch people and and do all of those sort of things, and, I, and it doesn't quite hit right for me. Yeah, it's
0: as I said, so I'm working through the series at the moment, ready for Halloween kills. And one of the things I thought about, I haven't watched 2018 again yet. I'm going to watch it before Friday, but. Watching H two O, one of the things that sort of struck me was it's supposed to be obviously twenty years later. She's had a kid, so she's obviously got. It's, it only connects to the first two films, so it's like one, two, H two O. So you forget all the the Jamie ones, <clears throat> and everyone forgets Curse because it's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> um, but one of the things I, I find interesting is that she's become the head of a school. Mm-hmm. She's clearly successful. <laughs> And yes, she's had a failed relationship, but it's clearly not—it's not entirely her fault. She hasn't driven this other man away. I mean,
1: a, also, who cares? People have failed relationships,
0: exactly. <laughs> and you know, the, the the only sort of time that they really show—they show that she has, still has nightmares. She's got a protect overly protective instinct towards her son, and she's a secret drunk. Like she's clearly got an alcoholic problem, but that's mm-hmm. fine. This thing is hanging over her. But with, like you say, but she's sort of because you get Sarah Connor up for 2018 it, it feels a bit like then that because that only responds to the first film so 2018 is, yes. a, is a sequel only to the first film and so i'm like 40 years later and you you are now sort of determined that you know the boogeyman's not going to get you and i'm like it, the one thing i'll say is again it, it comes back to this thing of like when you watch 78 that the original compared to sort of things that go on today. And this is the problem with the, the real world today. Like, you know, there are knifings, there are shootings, there are mass knifings and stuff going on. And when you watch that first film, you're like, yeah, no, it, it is. It's a real, it would for a small town like that, it would be a major event. Would it still be a tr- as much as, as a trauma mm. 40 years on? Like, she finds the bodies, but she doesn't ever actually see anyone killed. And so it feels a little bit overplayed, I agree, like, you know, the twenty the 2018 response to it, like, you know, yeah, she's she's basically ready. She's more, she is prepared for the return of the T-1000 rather than Michael Myers.
1: Absolutely. And if none of the other films have happened, why is she that prepared? Yeah. It, it makes no sense.
0: No, it feels like a, an over, just, you know, like an over response to something.
1: And if you just wanted to make a film of Jamie Lee Curtis going around kicking a seal killer's butt, then just make that, don't make it Halloween. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, would, I would happily go and watch that any day of the week. So just make that for me. I will <laughs> give you all my money and it will be amazing.
0: I agree. let I, that's you know, uh, not say so I don't like 2018, but it, 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 is, it does definitely feel a bit like I'm like, nah. The Nev Campbell response, don't you say, in Scream? Um, the Sydney Prescott response feels more, Ooh. um, more authentic, we use the word authentic, but more legit. Like she becomes a, 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 it, a crisis counselor because she's obviously gone yeah. through it, but she secludes herself. That makes total sense. All
1: right, yeah, yeah you're gonna separate are, yourself yeah. off
0: and you're gonna sort of become a crisis counselor. <clears throat> and I feel a bit of the same with Nancy Thompson in the, in the Freddie film. So she becomes a dream specialist or a sleep specialist. And she takes the the, the the you know the medication to suffer dreams like right? there's that they seem more responsible um maintaining that female strength without being you know becoming Rambo basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I do think that is one of the things that works well in slasher films, that especially in the more modern ones, that you see women using different types of strengths to survive. So you know. I hate when people say intelligence is a strength. I mean it is, but it's so cheesy when people say it. But you yeah. know, using that, using, you, you know, and again, Scream's a great example, you know, using, they know the world around them, so they use that to survive. Um, yeah, sure, you know, they're strong, but they're not super strong. But you know, it's sort of like even though um uh Tatum, Rose McGowan characters called Tatum, mm. like, gets. Killed, you know. She's like, right? I can get out through this flap in the garage door, right? Yeah. And it's and it's stuff like that that.
0: Well, <clears> let's be <throat> clear us fair. Rose McGowan could have got through that flap. I'd yeah. have been screwed. To be oh nice. my god,
1: me too. Absolutely, <laughs> me too. I would not. Have. <laughs> I'm like, this is one of the reasons I have to get fit because I'm like, one, I want to be able to run away from zombies, yeah. and two, if I am running away from zombies or serial killers or whatever, I need to be able to fit into the smaller spaces because I can't do that Um, (laughs) but you know it's it's a different and I it's a different type of them understanding their situation and the world around them it's not just punchy punchy kicky kicky shoot Mm a gun and I think that's why they work better especially when we see and I you know we see all these sequels to horror films which I tend to watch them all although I can't remember they all meld into they all meld into one where it's it's more about upping the violence or upping yes. things that happen to characters, and actually the better the best what's better and what works in the original is often that they are in situations where they're having to use their brains or ingenuity, ingenuity to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's
0: where sort of like despite some of the you know aging special effects, like the end of um, a Nightmare on Elm Street works yeah yeah like nancy forms a plan she's like yeah, yeah. i've got his plan I, I, I was able to bring his hat out you know and so i'm gonna bring freddie into the real world and then i'm gonna basically kevin mccallister his ass and and, and, and uh, i don't like the, t- the final ending where she's like you know i don't believe in you anymore i think that's a bit that bit makes no sense but the fact that she does step up and she's like no yeah, yeah i'm gonna have all this stuff that you know i'm gonna basically turn the real world against him is great. It's, it's a really I mean, good, you know, um, um, like, solid approach. Like, yeah, that's what you would do. Like, you know, no one's going to believe you. You've got to take this on, so you're going to come up with a plan. So...
1: Yeah, and it, and it's always them having to do it mostly by themselves, whilst, like, usually the men in their lives flap around being useless and getting yeah. murdered. Like, they're like, I'm not going to get murdered because I'm not useless. Yeah, And... Sorry, men. No, not sorry, men. Um, you, you're just flapping around, being useless, trying to touch boobs. Um, like, and they're like, I'm not gonna. I don't. They, it's almost like they're going. I don't want to end up like them. Yeah. Well,
0: weirdly, that that goes into another point. We'll we'll get into a gender thing again. Is you say about you know men and women? One of the main reasons there's always characters in these films that, like just their like machismo is what gets them killed. Mm-hmm. there's you know in every jason film and every Michael, and you know michael film there's always that one character that's like you know you know come on pussy i'll take you and then gets his head lopped off like you know there's always that yeah like when yeah. you go
1: actually no run i, I would not be i would do around. that i'm sorry i mean i would be running slowly but <laughs> if i so i we've now moved into like a big four-bedroom house it's not that big i'm not showing off um <laughs> But like it's bigger than a two-bed flat which felt very safe on a third floor mm. yeah you know, there's just a there's just a door on the street which i find weird people can just walk in i mean they don't but they could really mm. um obviously we lock it i've definitely watched too many horror films um <laughs> you know but if i was like in this house alone and it was a bit dark and i heard a weird noise i wouldn't investigate it like if i heard a noise or like something spooky happened like i'd put my phone down and it moved to a different place, mm. I wouldn't just be like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go looking for it. I'd be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. Sorry, but something spooky's happening. I would rather people go, you're an idiot, and like, nothing's happened, it was just like this normal thing, than just be like, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go around. Or shout and be like, oh, yeah, come and get me, killer, because what are they going to do? They're going to come and get you. Yeah, I'm just fucking out the front Advert- door. I'm advertise-,
0: sorry. You- yeah, advertise your location.
1: Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm not I'm not into that whole being brave scenario. I'm like, I would much rather just live.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I think you're right. Because there are, there's that sort of like, you know, there's a sensible response. And also, like you said, this comes back to what you're saying about sort of you know, zombie films. One of the things I hate about sort of a lot of modern zombie films is they all seem to exist in a universe where no one who knows what a zombie is. Yeah. And then so Slash It, but this is what Scream did, where they existed in a world where everyone's like, oh, no, I've seen slasher films like we know what the rules are and we're gonna that's how we'll survive um and you sort of like you have to acknowledge this meta knowledge you have to say yeah of course we of course we all know how these things work um you know if you don't it sort of feels the characters feel like extra stupid yes yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know because you're you're gonna well i know what the rules are the filmmakers clearly know what the rules are because they're making the film yeah but they're not acknowledging the rules, and it's sort of like you know, that's clearly where Kevin Williamson came from when he was writing Scream. Um, but yeah, no, let's let's, let's we've been talking about the, 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 the victims because yeah. there's a transitional point and I, that I want to get to, but let's talk about the killers, yes. uh, in more detail. So, we've talked about Michael,
1: yeah,
0: uh, Michael Myers, we've you know, we've mentioned sort of him quite a lot, and we've obviously mentioned Freddie i'm going to throw an idea out and then there's a thing oh, i think there, okay. there are two well there is there are two there is well i think there's sort of two or three camps for these things that, that and i feel that all horror films sort of move a lot of them move from one to the other they either start as a mystery
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh circus so sort or of friday the 13th sleepaway camp um uh, prom night, those sorts of things where you don't really know who the killer is. You know, Valentine, um, um, you know, uh, urban legend, those sorts of ones. Yeah. You know, I know what you Two did last summer. great films you just yeah. started out. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Those ones where it's sort of like, you know, and, and even Scream, you know, those ones where it's a, it's a mystery. Yeah. And then the killer is revealed. Now, always in those cases, the killer is human. Now, the, and there was mm-hmm. a justification for the killing. And in those cases, the film ends. or the fr- in, in many of those cases, the franchise sort of has to end. Or they introduce a new killer. So like with Scream, it becomes the same. It, the, the costume becomes the key factor. Yeah. Um, and like Sleepaway Camp did something very different. Uh, you know, um, same with Urban Legends. It became a different group of people each time. It was all about different things. That's one way of going. You know, Nev Campbell is the key of Nev Campbell in the costume becomes the, mm-hmm. the key factor. Others, so let's go Friday the 13th, sort of went, yeah, we're can, we going can to completely drop the mother angle because <laughs> first she was too old. And I, I, although I like that first film, how she beat sort of like some young men <laughs> <laughs> and then hung, hung them on some doors and stuff with bows and arrows baffles me. But and they introduce Jason, and he, again, Jason starts as a human character, and Michael starts as a human character, but they all end up becoming supernatural. If you're going to stick with a killer, they end up becoming supernatural.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And don't tell me that Michael Myers isn't supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> I will argue that to, to you know, that's a hill I will die on. Like, it's my, definitely I, supernatural. Yeah. And I, I, in my own head canon, I have a, a complete story, but, you know, that's a different thing. I, d- I don't know what you thought about this, this idea of, like, you know, like, like yeah, well, they start supernatural and they've, they, they've clocked it and gone. In this franchise, we need them to have a way of coming back, so they need to be supernatural. So yep. like Freddy or Chucky or um, even like Wishmaster or one of those other ones where, sort of like, you know, they're able to come back. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I sort of, I sort of hate the supernatural angle, but then so I, I don't like that. You know, they're human and they can't be killed, mm. but it's all to make them come back. But then I do think it makes it really fun, mm. and I think that's one of the things. Like, because I, I like, like I said, we, I watch a lot of horror films and I can pull them apart all day long, but I sort of don't want to no. because they are ridiculously fun i mean many sequels are terrible um but i will sit and watch them and i think the supernatural element of the killers of you know of michael the shape or freddy or jason etc i do think it brings an element of fun although it makes them a lot less scary because Mm -hmm. you know exactly what's going to happen and you know, you know that they might kill off this lot, but it doesn't really matter because there'll be more for them to kill off anyway. So you know that everybody else is dispensable and they're not. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. So it's one of those things. It's one of those things that irritates me. I'm like, oh, why do they have to be supernatural? Because I hate the whole what is now a trope, of course. Of you get you kill the killer and then they're not they're not dead. They come yeah. up for one last scare type thing. I hate it because you know it's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, I think if it's not there you would be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, you it's can't make movie. me happy, clearly. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: can't win for want of trying. <laughs> um, and again, I think Chucky actually, you know, if, if you watch it, in Bride of Chucky, he nailed that, where they're yeah, about to kill absolutely. him at the end. And he says, he says, like, you know, he says, you can't, you know, he says, I know what happens. You're going to kill me. Yeah, but, you know, I'll be back. But dying is such a bitch. he knows that they completely know in that film. Um, And I do think the transition I was thinking of, I wanted to mention, and it happens in a lot, and especially when it comes to the supernatural ones is there is a point where you stop supporting the victims Mm -hmm. and you vicariously, you may not want to acknowledge it, but you vicariously start supporting the slasher killer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, And trigger warning for anyone listening to this Um, I'm not advocating sort of (laughs) murder and mayhem. However, the later Jason, Friday the Thirteenth films, the later Michael Myers, uh, even the Michael Myers, the later Freddy films. You are not supporting the cast, as you said. They are there to be characters or uh, to be killed. You're there for how Freddy's going to do it. Yeah. Therefore, how. Jason's gonna, you know, do it. that that's more the point. Chucky is a really good example where like, you know, they where they like with Bride of Chucky, they realize that. They're like, oh no, we we know this is fun and we want to see them, we want to see the killing. That's why you're here. Yeah. So let's make it inventive. Rather than, oh my God, I want to feel the tension of a thriller. I'm here for the fun of the gore.
1: Yeah, and I I do think that's where slasher films started to change, isn't it? That it Mm. it wasn't about the the classic horror of tension and release, tension and release, tension, 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 release. It 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 didn't become that. Um, you know, it it moved on from that. Whether that's good or bad, you know, depends what day I'm on. If it's (laughs) I want to watch somebody go around killing loads of people, then great. Mm. Um, if it's I want something that's actually quite terrifying, it gives me that tension, that adrenaline release. They're not, I don't want it, um, you know. And I think it's funny that you're talking about Chucky because I hate the Chucky films because they genuinely terrify me. <laughs> not because they're bad. I mean, and some of them are, and I've watched mm. as many as I possibly can, but I, I can never watch them in full. I have to watch them half and half. I can do it in broad. I don't really get scared by anything because I've got two older brothers who made didn't make me they watched horror films around me when I was very young so I've sort of watched lots of stuff I shouldn't have done I don't find things particularly scary but I don't like anything with dolls I find Mm -hmm. I don't like that at all and so Chucky for me is genius Mm -hmm. horror and that's very personal because I find Chucky brilliant and I find what they do with it, especially later on when they get so self-knowing, so referential, so self-referential. And I, I really enjoy that. But I cannot watch them because I find them absolutely terrifying.
0: No. I I, do, I, I will admit something. So, um, I saw the first Chucky film came out in 1988. Charles Play, uh, the first Charles Play film. And I'm a, I'm a massive fan of the Charles Play film. But I absolutely love yeah. them. I love Chucky. He's probably one of my favourites. But mm-hmm. that first film, is again, it comes to this mystery thing. It becomes the there is the yes, mystery element yeah. to it. You know, again, it it has the supernatural. Well, it starts with the supernatural. I mean, it opens with a voodoo ceremony for God's but sake. But the so.
1: supernatural works in those films. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go, but I feel like that's where those films get better with age yeah. and as they go along, even when their sequels are terrible, because because everything from that first film so knowing. Yes, but not in not in a disrespectful to the film or the audience way. It just knows what it's doing as a film, and it embraces that. And I feel like that carries on through the rest of them mm-hmm. because it's got such a good blueprint for the rest of them. Sorry to interrupt you, Carrie. No, no,
0: I, you're you're right, and you, I totally agree. And I think um, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, with 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 Chucky in particular, like they can have all kinds of fun. Like they know the thing is that Don Mancini, the guy who wrote it, like you know originally he wanted it to be taken serious. Like he was all about doing this serious thing. It was going to be a comment on commercialism and this idea, you know, this idea of the, um, the fad toy at Christmas. It was going to be a comment on that. And then as they did it, they were like, do you know what? It's a, it's a doll chasing a kid. Like, you know, it's a bit, there is a campness to it. Um, and so they lent into that and I th- I'm so glad they did. Um, you Know, I mean, again, and it helps when you've got like Brad Doriff who clearly knows what film he's in, and he's give, and gives yeah. Chucky an absolute charm and charisma.
1: Yeah. Um that's but, so creepy. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. But I mean the, the, <laughs> I don't want to go like and that scene and that scene, but there's a there's a scene in Chucky when like he's after he's going after Andy Berkeley and he's going up the lift in uh in the in the elevator, he's been kicked about, he's got a, a cigarette burn on his face. And all that kind of stuff. And they get, he, he's sat in the lift being, doing his toy story bit, pretending to be a toy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's an older couple uh, in the lift. And as they get out, the, the woman looks back and goes, ugly doll. And you just hear this voice go, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, there's little gags in it that are just really good. But the moment I watched it very young, I think I watched, um, I remember watching one when two came out. Oh, wow. I remember being seen it when, when I think two came out in 1990, remember around that time. Um, and I watched it on video, and again, as you say, certain I had—I didn't have older brothers, but I had a friend who had older brothers, <laughs> and they were like, "Of course, you can watch this video. That's <laughs> clearly do your own for." Um, and I watched that, and the, the bit that I love now um, uh, is the whole scene when she when when she sees the batteries. And the thing that bothers me most, as well, is the mom in *Child's Play*, is also the mom in um, *Goonies*, uh, and you know, obviously. obviously oh, what was so yeah, so I've seen all these other things. I'm like, hang on, <laughs> I don't like this. But she finds out the batteries are he uh, doesn't have any batteries in, and the head spins around and he says, he says some um hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? And she drops him under the sofa. Um, and then she pulls him out and she's like, you know, she starts shaking him and she's like, Come on, talk, talk, dog, and he just goes, ap- Chucky goes mental at her, <laughs> starts kicking, he's like, Fuck you, railing at her. And when I was a kid, like I was like ten, watching this thing. Oh my God! And it, yeah, I, me and my friends up there. Oh, don't like this, like this. Like proper freaked me out That's and stuck with me for ages. But it, like you say, it works, and I think it obviously works because the special effects are great. Yeah, really it's so good, so practical special effects. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, and I'm really sorry, but I actually, when I first started doing 20th Century Geek, I interviewed the guy who who was in the Chucky outfit. No. Yeah, yeah, he played Howard. <laughs> he played Howard the Duck as well, so I got to talk to
1: him. God, that is
0: amazing. Um, but you're right. Like Chucky worked because it it knows its camp. Um, but yeah, we'll get we'll get into Chucky because obviously there's something else I want to mention. We'll talk to. But again, like,
1: Freddie's not me to be more terrified. Why? Mean? We'll we'll Just get me. we'll back to. We'll, <laughs>
0: let's get, let's get to it now. Then actually, because Charles Play has an interesting history, and I am going to be talking a bit about this on, on the Patreon, but. Charles Play 3.
1: Oh, okay. Charles Play 3. I've Charles probably 3. seen it. You're gonna to have to remind me of the plot.
0: Okay, well, Charles Play 3, Charles Play 3. This is actually, this is outside of the film. I don't know if you remember this, because so you and I are about the same age. So Charles Play 3, released in 92, 93. Um was released when he goes to army camp. So uh, uh, Andy Berkeley goes to army camp or army school, military school. Uh, played by the kid who pl- who plays. who was in Lowton and Clark. Um, but and Chucky follows him there, uh, and it has all this stuff. And it ends with Chucky being thrown onto a fairground uh, ride. Has his head, face chopped off and all this stuff. And that's that, so if that yes. results that results in obviously the 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 the, the fucked up disfigurements that happen yep. for Rider Chucky. However it was very closely linked with the killing, the tragic killing of Jamie Bolger. Yes. And I remember the absolute outrage at the time and all the sort of press of like, you know, but it was banned. It was banned in the UK for about a year. Ban it. All these films need to be banned. Who'll think of the children and all that stuff. And, you know, you say about the real killers, yeah you know, the real people and stuff like that. Do, what you know do you ever think that like there's a responsibility that if it's too real, it's a bit too close to the bone or
1: i so I think it depends so I'm not sure this is the space to talk about the James Bolger murder, but I don't believe that media uh can i think you if you are already that way inclined you're going to use media as an excuse for the, re- mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. reason that you did things but i do think so i have issues around um so you talked about earlier the manson murders there's a whole load of rafter films that come out which i think are really exploitative yeah. i think especially you know there's one like called like wolves at the door and things like yes. that. and it's Actually, something I dislike about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I hate that it's a story about a woman, but the woman's not centered. It's mm. about all the men around her. And I actually find it quite just,
0: offensive. Yeah, Just to be clear, that's just a Tarantino film.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> but I think, you know, he made so much of it and they make so much of it yeah, about yeah. Um, how Sharon Tate's in it. It's about Sharon Tate. And then they have her in there and she says about three lines. And that's about it. Yes, yeah. and say, it's to, about to, these yeah. men who just randomly happen to save her,
0: right? Yeah. To, to clarify, that's exactly what I mean by uh, when I say a Tarantino film. I know it was a Tarantino yeah. film, but my point being, like, every Tarantino film seems yes. to have like a female character that should be more central, but has a male cast around her.
1: Yeah, considering he's he's a man who says he loves women, maybe just centre them occasionally. Yeah, just, their just their feet. I think he just likes their yeah. feet. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> <interesting>. um, <laughs> um So I do find things like that i i think there is a responsibility in telling stories in telling them in a particular way and i don't think that means that everything needs to be true to life or anything like Mm. that Mm -hmm. but i think there needs to be a sensible person who goes this is not appropriate Um, and i don't believe in sort of sort of what maybe right-wing people would say censorship um, I don't believe in that, but I do think there needs to be guidance and responsibility on you know what is available for people. Now I've watched a lot of horror films, as we've talked about, and I watched them far too young. I don't feel like it's had any negative effects on me, and I actually think it's fantastic because I I think they're brilliant. Um, but I would do because <laughs> I've seen them lots, but also I think you know, when I was watching horror films, they weren't when I was young, they weren't to the extreme as they are now. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest, being one of the biggest issues with horror films. It's been, it, how extreme can we go? And that's why I really like this new raft of, of filmmakers that are coming in and, and it's not about, it's t- about telling actual stories, you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like Ari Aster and, you know, we've got films like, like the Babadook and Roar yes. and, and the witch, I can't remember the, the guy who did the witch and all of those ones, sorry, um, you know, I think that they are they understand horror and Mm. how it's not about lots of although I like gore and stuff like that it's not always about all of that which I think there's a there's a real area in the 2000s where we forgot that as a society and it was all just about stabbing people um so back to your original question (laughs) I said I wasn't going to do that (laughs) but I, I you know I think Like, I'm a big fan of the rating system that we have in the UK. I don't really know much about it in America, but you know, I think that's a sensible thing to have. And I feel like I'm a parent, I feel like it's my responsibility to to not adhere to it, but be, you know, like, okay, so this is, I mean, she's only three, so she's not going to be watching, but like, this is a 15. Do I want my 12 year old to watch a 15? Yeah. Great example is my, my, I guess she's my niece, because it's my husband's niece. Um, she loves horror films, so she's been fantastic. She's just turned sixteen, so we were talking about stuff, and she was watching ones which I didn't think were particularly appropriate for her age. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell her not to watch it. But I was like, okay, if you like that sort of thing, I think this is probably more in the direction that you you might like. You know, sort of that sort of. You can no beat her. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> I like that. And I and I think that's important. But I also think it's important that when. You watch any type of media, whether it's horror films or not. You talk about it. And I think that, you know, I was very, very lucky as a child because my my brother's just a couple of years older than me and we both love films. So we'd watch them together and we'd talk about them. And I think that can take away a lot of the word trauma is not the right word but you know you're talking through it you're talking about the things that are happening you're discussing them you're saying you know this is scary because of that all that didn't scare me oh but that scared you or I found that funny and that not funny because it's the conversations that make that help make film in general more interesting but I think they help make horror films more interesting and also less scary or more scary you know I love watching a horror film with somebody and something will be happening in the background that either I've not noticed or they've not noticed and we'll talk about it afterwards and then next time I go back to watch it and I'll see it and I'll be like oh my fucking god that's so scary (laughs) Yeah. yeah and so I think there's I, I can't even remember my original point. I've gotten too excited. But I think it's important that there's guidance, but I don't necessarily 100% agree with censorship. Oh my God, no, that's a middle of the fence answer. No, I agree.
0: Out. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things, no, I actually completely agree. And I, I actually agree. I think we've reached a better ground in this country with regards to censorship. Yes. Like we don't, They don't cut as much out of films as they used to. You know, when we were kids, I know that The Exorcist was banned and Evil Dead. The first Evil Dead was. We had the video nasties, and I've covered all this in the past. You know, all these films that were banned, and you know, as a a video rental store, anybody if you were found trading in those, you could be prosecuted and you would be doing time. So that sort of thing is, is 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 way too much. You know, like
1: yes, yeah. Yeah, the Especially fact- adults. We shouldn't be holding adults' hands. They should be able to make these decisions.
0: Exactly. Themselves. Um, you know, if I, if someone if someone of our age or 18 and above wants to watch Zombie Holocaust, fine, go for it. I've got no problem with that. You know, it's yeah. a film that's created. What I do think is, let's like, say, what's better now? I'm looking to see if there's a DVD or anything around me that's got it on. But you have on the back now, a lot of them will say, like, you know, violence, sex and nudity, language, Da, 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 da. And it'll say, like, you know, intense or whatever. So you can sort of go, okay, it's a 15 or it's an 18. But you know, it might have like, you know, if it was just, if it was to say basically sort of like, you know, minimal violence, but then like extreme sex and nudity, I'll be like, Yeah, that's probably not something we're gonna share at this point because I don't want that <laughs> yeah. conversation. Um, with my sort of like some 16-year-old child. But there's other ones where you go, I've seen it, I know it's an 18. Yes. But I know that it's probably you know like a, a, a good example would be like you know Poltergeist is a is a I believe is a fifteen you know but that's a, that's genuine that's more about the horror there's no there's no sex yeah. no violence it's proper scary. great let's watch that You know, that's a and again you can talk about it afterwards um, and I believe there's the one that I actually really like American Wire in London. You know, I
1: mean, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and if you to go from a slap for, for the slasher films again, I think, you know, like say I would I, I would happily introduce, I'm gonna double check. Is it an 18? <laughs> yeah, Halloween Halloween one is an 18.
1: Is it? Yeah, that's interesting. I Ex- exactly.
0: Interesting. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's it's down as an 18, but I would have no problem showing that to a 15-year-old. Mm. Where I'll be like, yeah, there's you know, especially fifteen year old boy, but look, there's a couple of boobs in this, right? So control yourself. Like, <laughs> it's not, it's Easy not. Like, yeah, it's. I think the difference it comes to is like, it's not exploitative. Yes. And that's where I sort of start to draw the line. Where I'll be like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to show you any sort of like, I'm probably not going to show you saw. <laughs> yeah. At this yeah. point, but I'm quite happy with you watching, as you say, like Friday the Thirteenth. Uh part four. Friday the 13th, 3, 3D, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, or nightman Elm Street 3, because it's awesome. <laughs> um, but you're right about censorship. We we have a much, I think we have quite a, a, you know, you can have that approach. It's about sensible things. Um, but I also agree with what you're saying about um the types of horror. I think I'm more willing to show camp horror. someone younger than i am straight up horror yes
1: for example like hereditary
0: you mentioned like hereditary or let's say midsummer or some of those kinds of films those a24 kind of films you know like i think they're fantastic like i'm a big fan of those kinds of horrors and um yet i would be reluctant to show them to someone of a certain age you know you you know if if it's an 18 like hereditary i believe is an 18 like Yes. But yeah, I think you need to have a certain level of maturity, not just to go, it's, it's not gory, it's got a level of intensity.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of the, you know, some of the stuff that goes on is, you know, uh again, spoilers for this, but like Tony Colette's response to when her daughter dies and when she when she sees what happens to her daughter, like,
1: even as a full grown man,
0: like proper broke me. Like, <laughs>
1: oh my god, I like I you said it and I hear it. I hear mm. it exactly as it is. It's so amazing. And, it, you know, with hereditary as well, I think that's a great example because it's not the horror in hereditary, it's the themes in hereditary, yes. right, that are that are very mature and are yeah. very traumatic. And there's, you know, there are grown-ups, grown-ups, adults who i got got <laughs> to tell I've got a toddler or grown-ups, <laughs> um, that I, you know, if I knew that they had a particular mental state or anything like that, I would say don't watch it. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I would explain my reason why, but I'd be like, you know, I don't think you're in the right place to watch it right now. Yeah, because if, if, and if you, and I think that's really important. It's just about that sort of weighing things up, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's one. Really, like I say, if you knew someone had anxiety or a tendency towards an anxious <laughs> state, I'd be like, just stay away from Midsummer or a, oh my gosh. like you know, you're not <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna. You're not going to bode well with those kinds of films because it's a. Oh, God, you, no. You talked before about tension, release, tension, release, or tension, tension, release. Like those films are a bit more like tension, 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 yeah. uh, tension, uh, tension, and then at the end, some release. Uh, you know, it's.
1: <laughs> Is there any release in Midsummer? Maybe that it's over. I love Midsummer. was amaz- yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, Midsummer's amazing. My
1: favourite film. films, most, like, most recent favourite films, but I think heading into the all time. But, I mean, I was so glad when it was
0: over. Yeah. <laughs> so glad. That, that, that's one of those films, again, like, you know, we're way off slasher films, but it's fun. Yeah, sorry, we'll we'll yeah. circle. No, we'll circle back to it. And, again, you talk about this thing with, because with, um, we'll talk about the types of scares, which I think is important. Oh, yeah. When, when you watch something like Midsummer or Hereditary, and I think of The Wicker Man as well. Like, the Wicker Man's not a particularly <sighs> scary film. Yeah. But it's one of those films that, even when you don't know much about it, going into it, there's like, there's something, you know, you know, this Wicker Man, it's on the cover, they're not hiding it. Mm-hmm. There is this thing in the background. There's like, there's, you know, you feel it with Midsummer as well, like, you know, the darkness is going to be revealed soon. Like, there's something mm-hmm. in the background going on. <clears throat> and this weirdness, again, like, you know, with Midsummer or even with Wicker Man, where you're just like, what is going on? What is this? And that tension's not, it's not the same ramping up of tension in the same way. It's just this sort of as a viewer, you are in the part of uh, the the constable in, in Wickerman, or um, what's it Pew in um,
1: Annie? Yes, in
0: in in in, mid, in Midsummer, you're there going like I don't know what is going on. Mm. It feels weird. I don't like it, and you you are completely out of control because as a viewer, like you you have got no. You, you can't control the direction and you're just not there mm-hmm. for the ride. And that's what builds that tension when you're like, something's got to happen. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, and I kind of like that as a, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a film. And to, to circle around slashes, slashes are the ones that really introduced the other kind of scare, which is what they actually call a gag. Mm. So in, in the industry, you know, you know, behind the scenes information, <laughs> they refer to it as a gag because it literally is it's a, a got a punchline. The scare It was yeah. a punchline. It's a jump scare, um, and in, when they're done well, they're very good. And when they're when they're overdone, they're terrible.
1: What's um, a slasher film that's had a a proper scare for you? That's really due to jump scare type stuff.
0: Mm, I'm trying to think, really. Um, when you know when you talk about sequels, like there's there's very few because you you're yeah. there for the you're there they're not there for jump scares you're there for the the gore. Um, I'm trying to think. Sorry, really. I've asked you a question. No,
1: then, no, but... no, no,
0: no. It's an in, it's an interesting one because they, they do sort of, they do sort of have that. Um, you know the the jump scares are the thing. I think I think the first Nightmare on Elm Street's got a couple. Yeah that when I was, even now I watch yeah, and you're like, oof, that one got me.
1: Yeah, even Um, if you know it's coming, I find, so Nightmare on Elm Street was in my head of sort mm. of one of the more uh, original ones that has jump scares. I've watched Nightmare on Elm Street all the time. I used to watch it every single year at Halloween um, and I still jump, still jump. And I, I feel like I know that film so well, but it's just so perfectly crafted that it just gets me every single time.
0: Yeah. I honestly think that's because it's got the darkness. it has got no camp in it. Like it's played straight um, and it has a definite darkness to it. But there's a couple of scares in that, um, in some of the dream sequences that are really legit, like, you know, creepy as a kid. Like they yeah, prop scared me. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, even i like, would even say sort of like, I mean, 2 is its own thing and i think it one day it's worth exploring because I, I actually kind of like Nightmare on Elm street 2 i think it's got uh, it's got some good kills in it it's got some interesting concepts it's obviously been accepted now as a queer film which is great i think it yeah. fully embraces that um 3 is probably the last one that has some legit scares beyond that up to Ooh. new new nightmares got some interesting bits in um but three, three has got some good stuff in it.
1: Three is just terrifying.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't watch three that often because I I find it genuinely unsettling.
0: I'm trying to think that there's there's two, there's a couple of bits in three unsettling is another good is a, is another good one. Is that sort of again that tension of like wh- who's going to die? Um, and again going back to sort of Halloween, the first Halloween has got that you know in spades because obviously he's the, you know, Michael Myers is the shape. He sits in the background. And one of the most iconic scenes of all time, for me at least, say, is, is that picture of like Laurie Strode. She's sort of on the landing. You know, she's just been cut. She's sort of, and the, the white face comes out of the shadow. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's not a jump scare, but you are there going like, run, just <laughs> fucking run. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that I think that is really cool. <laughs> and played really well, um, and it's but that's very different to, uh, like, say, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which which really leans into that sort of like um, the gore and it, more like horrific scenes rather than scares. Um, but one of the ones I think I think it's in four. No, sorry, I think it's in three. I've remember myself. is it's finally revealed like Freddy's conception. Uh, and they tell the story of his conception of how he's the sort of the bastard son of a thousand maniacs or a hundred maniacs, and how um, the nun that was Laura Kruger was trapped in, you know, that horrible pit of an, mm. of an insane Solomon And then over over the holidays, it's not they're not even <laughs> going to like blunt it they're like yeah, it was over the Christmas period, and she was repeatedly. <laughs> Happy <raised>.
1: Christmas! Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, and it's that again, like when you sort of find that information, that you're like, wow. Like that's yeah. really um, damaging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, it's weird how sort of like you know I think, you know, they, again they get panned for jump scares, and they are there definitely, but they're sort of like the least scares, aren't they? Jump scares. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, I mean,
1: there are, there's a well executed jump scare is great yes you know you you know you you jump and you laugh and it's brilliant you know paranormal activity although not slash films amazing yes. jump scares um but then there's people like my other half who hate jump scares that like it's so he he doesn't watch horror until quite recently because i'm like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of new horror that's that's coming out watch it there are some occasional jump scares but you know don't don't worry about it. it's not the sort of jump scares that you're thinking of but i do feel but so for him, I wouldn't necessarily show him Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween mm-hmm. or any of the Freddie films. Or I mean, I've never shown him the Chucky films, clearly, because people that I find them terrifying. Um, because he's not going to have any enjoyment in it. But I yes. do feel like they originate and not in a bad way. The the tension and release horror. And I think other people do it in different, sometimes better, sometimes worse ways. You know, like we've talked about paranormal activity and um, sort of like Insidious and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They have jump scares, but they're quite different. I think, but nothing beats a good slasher movie jump scare. Yeah. Done well, like nothing beats it, it's great. You feel you're you're so in the moment, even when you know it's coming, you're so in the moment, you get that laugh afterwards. You know, and you you're, you sit there and you go, "Oh, you fucking idiot!" You knew that was coming, and it still made you jump. And I think that's what makes so many of the original slasher films, and then some of the newer ones, you know, like Scream, like one I'm going to talk about, which is Your Next, and stuff like that. Mm. That's what makes them good because yes. that that pure essence of that excellent jump scare that's not there just. I mean, it is there to make you jump, but it's not there just to make you jump.
0: No, I, 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 do you know? I, 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 One of the ones, the way you've described it there has reminded me of one that worked for me. The first time I ever saw Scream, the opening of Scream. And you're opening with Drew Barrymore, who in 97, when that's first came out, you know, I think about 97 when Scream came out. Yeah. She was less of a thing. I think she'd, you know, she was sort of she was a known commodity, but she wasn't like a superstar. I think she sort of came back after that, really. She had Charlie's Angels and so on and so forth. But that opening of like the phone call and everything, and you're like, right, this is this is it is tense. It's it's creepy. And then the jump of when Ghostface first appears, and you presented with that that because again it's frenetic. Like it just starts and he just chases her down. That first change proper made me jump. I remember seeing it for the first time and it being like that thing of like, you know, it goes from like, you know, uh, I want to play a game, which is more sore, but like, you know, uh, asking the question straight to I'm going to knife you and then off it goes. Um, and the way that builds up is really well done. And again, this is, this is talking about for, um, not on Elm Street. This is Wes Craven doing what he does really well. And that opening, you you could take that opening of Scream as a short film, yeah, absolutely. This is based on different types of scare. This is how it works. Like you could just, and I'm sure, I bet you, there's 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 an essay out there somewhere that just looks at that opening section, that cold open scream, and that has got some, that's got a great jump scare in it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but then I think I think that's it. Be sort of different types of scares, but. Uh, so, no Chucky. All right. So, let's let's remove Chucky from the board. There's no, there's no, there's no Chucky. Um, Sorry. Other, and that's fine. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that. I do love Chucky. I do, I'm going to rewatch that before uh, Halloween as well because I'm doing it for the patrons. Um, but we'll get into your favourite slasher films. But are there any of the sort of like the odd ones, obscure ones, where you're like, oh, yeah, this one's great. It's like one off, like, this weird one or are there any sort of like odder ones that you think I've never really watched the sequels or I caught this one or
1: I don't really know I guess to, to talk about that I think it's interesting to think about what you consider a slasher film so for me I think it's probably what would I consider a slasher film so all of the victims are human mm-hmm the villain it you know it's not an alien it's not a monster yeah. so technically human even though sometimes they're supernatural um or for you know or for some reason indestructible i think a slash film has to have a high body count mm-hmm. right? otherwise it's not a slash film so when we were talking about it i was thinking you know what what would i put in to my i've done like a top five slash films and I was thinking, you know, is The Strangers with Liv Tyler a slasher film? I mean, sort of, but is it really? No, because no, only, like, what, three people died, yeah. it, right? It's, more like
0: it's a home invasion horror, isn't it? Right. Really?
1: So I think that's really, like, so that comes into town. Into mm. And then, so great point, you say home invasion is a home invasion film. You know, a home invasion film isn't automatically a slasher film, because you said, what sort of like a one-off? And I thought of Hush, um, Yeah. the Mike Flanagan film. Yeah, is that actually a, a slasher film? you know
0: yeah mm.
1: it, it, it's like the, there's definitely like a like a
0: um, a scale isn't there like a, a diagram mm. like, these are the core these are like the true slasher films as you say like there, there's definite sort of criteria sort of like probably young human victims yeah um, you know um yeah uh, super yeah human but potentially supernatural killer yeah um isolated is definitely a factor
1: yes that's great factor yeah um
0: in this in the sense of when i say isolated i don't mean alone but they are in a fixed location so it's going to be yeah. like it's going to be on a, a, a summer mm-hmm. camp or yeah. a street or it's going to be you know, uh, you know in a building
1: it's yeah it's always a, like small towns
0: yeah it's it's like it's almost like this location exists and the outside world doesn't
1: that's mm. what you know.
0: They can't go outside of this, which is one of the other reasons um, I find that slashes struggle today is because of mobile technology. Yeah, where you absolutely. go in the days they didn't have that. Now they're just like bang bang. Yeah, we want an Uber because this place is fucked up. We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's a, yeah, high body count or a very specific kind of body inventive kills. I think becomes yep. a part of it. Like the kills yep. become a part of it. And they, they say, then as you sort of move out to the outer sides, like you'll get ones that hit a couple of those or whatever. Like you say. I think, I think say like The Strangers and Hush, um, Martyrs, those ones get, you know, those sort of ones that go, it's a home invasion, but it's still got that slasher mentality Ooh. or.
1: Yeah. So it's The Purge, a slasher film.
0: Yeah. It, it hits some of the rules,
1: but,
0: you know, and again, one of the things I'm curious about is for, for the, I was thinking about this today, is one of the requirements that the killer has a personal vendetta.
1: Oh, that's a great question. It's—is it a personal vendetta or, like something that's wronged them in the yes. past? Maybe because Freddie, you know, something wronged in the past.
0: They have to have a motivation that links mm. that the motivates them. Like Chucky's looking for a new body. You know, mm. he has—he has a—he has literally has a ticking clock to get into a new body. Freddie was wronged. He was killed off by the parents of Elm Street uh michael is looking to kill off his family apparently that's all a bit nebulous <laughs> for some yeah jason jason is, is is you know believes that anyone that is on the campsite he's avenging his own death yeah um you know and his, and his mother's death at that point um a scream it, it's it's
1: avenging his always they always yeah, yeah they
0: always have a, a personal motivation yeah um so as you go through them, even like the weird ones, you know, like I don't know if you've ever seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. No, I haven't. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I reckon they get weird, but the first one, I'll, I'll describe it for you in a bit. Uh, but Silent <laughs> Night, Deadly Night, like the one on the the train. I think it's called Terror Train, possibly somewhere else with Jamie Lee Curtis. Prom Night, when you Prom sleep yeah. sleepaway camp. Yes, all those. They've all got this sort of like when it's revealed why the killer's doing what they're doing. It's again Valentine. uh, Urban legends. When, when you, you I know what you did last summer. They've all got a motivation um, as to why they're killing. I think that's an important part of it. Um, I mean, I'll throw in Final Destination. Is that a slasher film? Is Death a slasher film?
1: I mean, I like that. I was going to say no, but I love the idea that Death is just like I am going to bring some shit down onto you guys. Yeah, be like maybe Death's been watching some slasher films. And has gone. This looks really fun. Yeah, it's so exactly. The boring way I kill. I have to collect people. Yeah, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I yeah, like I'm,
0: that. I'm <laughs> going to let a small group live, and
1: then I'm going to poke
0: them off one by one, <laughs> yes.
1: just for something to do. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so bored. Yeah. Like oh
0: god. I can imagine like a, like a darker version of like Terry Pratchett's Death from the Ring, <laughs> like the you know from the those novels. It'd be just like, well, yeah. I could do it this way. <laughs> um, yeah there's definitely like a key set of rules you know as, mm. as Screamcast would say to what makes a slasher film um and as you say you work out from there um to, so, to, to yeah others. so
1: okay so would the hills have eyes be a slasher film
0: i think you could include it for many reasons um
1: but it's not a bit see, but well, because say so they're like Mutants, which is a horrible thing to say, but, yeah. you know, it's a group of killers. It's not a lone killer.
0: Yeah. Well, this, this gets to one of my interesting points is, because everyone talks about slashers, and there's, there's a character we haven't talked about, and that's Leatherface. Leather game, yes. Leatherface gets yeah. lumped in as a, as, a, as a slasher. But they're not really. That first one in particular isn't Ooh. a slasher film. Um Or is it? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, it's... Yeah. Because again, the body count's kind of high, but it's sort of, it's a group of of you know uh, hill you know I don't know, hillbillies or you know Appalachian sort of hicks, and, and again he's been dropped into later oh. on, Leatherface has been dropped into slasher territory, but yeah, and that's what I mean. Like you know, you could probably take each film and start to say, yeah, here's here's the pure as you say, let's not say pure the the it, the the form and it's most crystallized you yeah. know, uh, version is in there. And then beyond that, it sort of spreads out to become other kinds of films. Um, Cause you get all kinds of things, like you know, like, what's, I'm trying to think of the, They get the really crappy ones, like microwave massacre and um, what do they call it? Sleeper, not um, oh, sleepaway camp, but there's a, um, Oh, it sleepover massacre and all these other There's just the, the, the 80s had a dirge of them, didn't oh, they? The
1: oh, the 80s were the worst for the, them. Well, that's yeah. not true. There was, there's got a bit. there were a couple of good things. Was Black Christmas in the 80s? 70s. Black that's pretty, that's yeah. pretty. Oh, that that, that's,
0: yeah, that's pre Halloween. Is it? That's, it's
1: Black yeah. Christmas pre Halloween.
0: Yeah, Black Christmas is 76. Oh, I
1: love Black Christmas.
0: Yeah. And so, actually, weirdly, everyone sort of cites. You know, the POV shot at the start of Halloween mm. as being like, oh, it's the first time it's used for a killer shot. No, Black no, Christmas yeah. did it first. Black yeah, Christmas, Black Christmas did yeah. it first. And Black Christmas did the phone call thing before screen. Yes, so, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, that's an odd film, that like, is Black Christmas. Um But yeah, I don't know. Slasher films, there's definitely a, a, a crystallised version at the centre, and then you come out from there to be these other things. Um But Yeah. I think they have to do you do you think it's time for them to come back though?
1: I think they could come back in a nice fresh way. Yeah. I think there's no reason why that can't happen. Um, you know, I think there are certainly ways that you could make them more modern. I've not seen, so I consider the original Candy Man a slasher film. Um Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it fits in, but I'm saying it does. And I've not seen the the this year's version the modern version but you know i think and i know for some people it doesn't hold up but i do think there are ways in which we can tell similar stories maybe not as remakes or as sequels um, that involve the slasher tropes but i do think it's much harder with technology there needs to be reasons why technology isn't available like in hush yes. um yeah you know i think because it I, and I don't think you can do the scream thing with it either, because I think technology still renders that, you know, the all-knowing um, the sort of all, you know, the, they're all-knowing and scream, but I think technology would still makes it impossible for the killer to be able to do anything. The only way you can do it is getting people isolated, right? So getting them out into the cabin or or anything like that, or, you know, sort of, I would imagine a woman stuck in a big house that's old, Um all of those sort of things. I think there could be some more interesting, inventive ways to it. Clearly, I'm not going to be able to be the person <laughs> who writes them because that was terrible and rambling. Um, but I think there's there's elements in there that shouldn't be lost. So yes, I think there's I elements of slasher storytelling that's just really, really good storytelling, mm. and I think that can continue. As with all stories, you know, they all they all tend to have the same nub of things, and I think that can carry on i don't think it should go the later halloween film ways of you know the, the characters all strong and uses guns and stuff because i hate guns in slasher films I yeah I, yeah just...
0: i agree
1: um and they immediately take me out of it, it you know it's not the point because you can't stalk someone with a gun
0: no. you
1: can't do creepy things with a gun you just point at them and shoot them you know um it it takes away any of sort of any of the scare any of the tension the intimacy, it takes away the yes,
0: yeah. it, it has yeah. to be intimate. That's the part of the point, and that's one of the reasons I think, like, you know, Jason has his machete, which is sort of like you know, it's about as big as you can get but with Michael and the uh, the kitchen knife. You know, that's sort of, there's an intimacy to that that Ooh. you know is, is, is more terrifying because he has everything has to be close quarters. Um, which is why I think I do find some of the killings in sort of them they are quite brutal because then the. You know, he's within inches of the people whenever he kills them, Um, which makes it scarier for me. Like you say, it's not someone with a rifle being picked off from, you know, yards and yards away. This is in your face. Um, Final thought then, before we sort of wrap up, there was one other thing. So I was just thinking in my head. We talked about the origins before and we talked about the sort of, the you know, we talked about the 1960s. We talked about Psycho and um, Peeping Tom. But then we also talked about the, the different types of slasher. We talked about the mystery slasher. I, mean, I, was, I was talking about Friday the 13th, Sleepaway Camp, Scream, those ones of ones, where you don't know who the killer is and you see people getting killed off one by one. And all of a sudden, I was just playing this in my head and I was thinking, have you ever heard of the book by Agatha Christie called, I'm not going to use its original title, but ten, ten, it was called Ten Little Soldiers and then it became and then there were none? No. Okay, so this book written by agatha christie in the 30s yeah well even the 30s yes um and it's basically it was made into a tv show not too long ago but a group of people are invited to a um a large manor house on, on an island uh for a dinner party um and then you know none of them know each other and throughout the evening they all start getting killed off um, and it's not like a, a Miss Marple or a, a Poirot; it's a separate sort of thing. But yeah, that you—you you are there's someone they're having to figure out who the killer is, and they're getting killed off one by one. So it, it plays out as a, as a mystery. It's part of the sort of the great era of mystery fiction. But really, it's a real—it's—it's it's a staple for.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds really slasher.
0: Yeah, like it doesn't—it doesn't relish in the gore. Like you know, Ooh. you don't. The book doesn't give you the sort of like you know. And then he plunged the knife in multiple times while grinning. Like that. It's it's they find the body, you know. Mm. So you know, Colonel Mustard disappeared, and then they find the body. So it's more about the mystery, but the setup is there from like um, as a real precursor. And so I'd be interested. So it, it does have a it does have an origin in mystery fiction as well. Mm. Um which, and the
1: mystery, you know, you know helps make slashers slasher films more fun. Mm. So, you know, because you can have the gore of um uh, what was that Eli Roth film from ages ago that was really hostel. gory. Hostel, right? So you can have the gore of hostel, right? So hostel's trying to be a slasher but also be yeah. really gory and it doesn't work because there are killers as such. So you can go and have all that gore and sort of try and fit into the slasher genre. And for me, slasher, you need to have the gore, but you do need to have that mystery as well, because otherwise it doesn't, you, you know, for me, there's no tension in Hostel or anything like no. that. No, and I think that is, maybe that's the most classic trope of the slasher film, that it is that tension and release, tension and release, tension and release with a lone killer and a final girl. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. I've I've defined the genre. You have there. We go, <laughs> and so on. That note, we will start to round up then.
0: So and that's a fantastic discussion. I've enjoyed that. Discussion. It's been amazing. Um, so one of the final things, as, we, as we've always said, is uh, for these kinds of things. Um, what are your five then? If you you know, you're either your yes. favorite five or your top five. But what 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 are your five um, for slasher films?
1: Sorry, my five slasher films in no particular order. I yeah. think I've mentioned them all, so none of them are going to be a surprise halloween yeah nightmare on elm street scream yeah because i just think scream in general i could just sit and talk about scream for hours yeah. it's just such an amazing film um and other people have done that and they'd be much better than i am Candyman, which i still think is terrifying is still like one of the most atmospheric films that's that ever film. been made. absolutely love that so film. good um and then you're next which mm. i i mm. i definitely think is a slash, right? I think it teeters on home invasion yes but I actually think it's a slasher and then with a with a nice little shout out to happy death day which is a film that completely yes. blew me away we just randomly uh, put on thinking it would be really fun just like on a random Saturday night and it is so freaking good that, that's a
0: great film that is absolutely fantastic and a good shout for that one as well that, that deserves a mention no I agree yeah um, I think I think if you didn't mention it, you can't not mention Halloween. Um, yeah. It's such a good film. It stands up even like 40 years it stands later.
1: Stands up. So so well made. And it's also simple so well
0: so, so simplistic, so simple, mm. so basic. And I think that works because that it, it rests on that tension. I will give a shout out though. If you're going to if you're if you're a lot younger than us <laughs> that's going to sound really bad actually if you are younger if you if you are more used to a different pace you have to remember mm. that this is from 1978 so you have to accept that the first sort of like 40 minutes or so is tension building and character building yeah. like just go with it uh, so i'll call that out um uh, for me what I was i'm going to mention for uh, not my Elm street but i am going to say not my Elm street 3 um just cuz i love that film so much dream warriors is Sort of, it's up there as a perfect sort of, you know, they're they're, they're encaptured in the hospital. It's a it's great, so terrifying. But the group of kids are so good; they're so charismatic. Yeah, even even yeah. Patricia Arquette, sort of, you know, is g- quite good in that. It's Freddy at his best. It's the moment that Freddy switches from being, um, really embracing the camp. You know, when he grabs uh, one of the killers, smashing them into a TV, and says, you know. Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> that's the point. Everything changes. Um, I, I will throw out a child's play film. I think Child's Play Two actually is is I think slightly better as a slasher film than one.
1: Wow. Um,
0: mainly because it leans into the camp. It has mm. a better Chucky. Um, it has it, it leans into the silliness. Uh, it knows what it is and the ending of that film is immense so I love I, I love that um, I'm sort of sticking to the biggies which I feel sort of a bit bad doing
1: but there's a reason why they are that though yeah, because they are, are very, so good
0: that's very very true yeah you are very true um, I think Friday the 13th one. you know again before you get it's, it's, it's the one mystery one I really like. like it hasn't That's got cool. Jason in, I get that it hasn't got Jason. So I was just spoiling it for anyone, but it hasn't got Jason. <laughs> but it works really well because it's so gritty and sort of, you know, it, it's again that encapsulation of it all. Uh, and and, and, and anymore. Scream again is, is, is just, again, just a milestone of horror cinema. Like it, it changed yeah. the way things go. And I think you can't ignore it. Um, and if it's going to introduce that to people, I, I, you know, to slasher films, like it's up there. You can't not watch Scream. It's like yeah. oh, this is where things change for the nineties. Unfortunately, for good and bad, it introduced all the terrible ones that came with that came after <laughs> it. But that's another thing, you know. But I will leave you with one, and I will recommend this thing because Halloween also did. Not only did Halloween introduce slasher films, it introduced us to the the holiday slasher film. So, you get New Year's Evil Mm. and obviously Valentine is related to you could do it, you could do a year. I don't know if there's an Easter one, that's probably a bit different, but
1: New Year's Evil. There's got to be an Easter one, there's got to be. I am Googling that after this.
0: (laughs) If there isn't, I'm writing one. (laughs) Yeah. However, there is a franchise, it's got five films in it, and it's called uh, Silent, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I haven't really watched all of them, but the first one is a Christmas based. Uh, slasher film and it's based around a small boy uh, when he's very very little he's driving he goes to see his grandparent his grandfather at a nursing home with his mother uh, and the, the grandfather's like horrible to him which has got nothing to do with the plot but it sort of it makes him upset driving home the car crashes and a, a man dre- a drunk drugged up man dressed as santa and please forgive me for this but this is actually what's in the film rapes and kills his mum in front of him and it's bizarrely graphic in this film anyway this boy then goes into sort of care and then when he's older he's released from care and he goes to work in a toy shop toy shop on christmas and i forget what it is now but something sets him off oh he's made to dress as santa that's right he's made to dress up as the christmas as the store santa And it triggers him. And then basically he goes off on a killing spree, dressed as Santa, killing people, if he deems them naughty. And when he kills them, he says whether they are naughty or nice. (laughs) It's brilliant. It's madness. It's an absolute mad film. Um, It's actually, it's worth watching just for how mad it is.
1: Um, is it proper just flip And just, you're just like What is happening This film is oh, yeah, lost its yeah. mind
0: It's one of these weird films Where like They clearly can't decide What the tone is Yeah So like when you get The whole sort of uh, the You know it's, it's very 80s I think it's 83, 84 um, When you get the attack On his mother You're like Jesus Christ This is really graphic This is really horrible And so you're like Oh my God This is going to be Some hard hitting Like proper horror film And then you sort of Realise Oh No It's not <laughs> <laughs> really, it's really not. Um, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it's seriously worth watching just for the, the guy who plays it. Now and the series is a series of four or five films, and each film's a different killer, but they're all Christmas themed. Right. I haven't seen it in this, but that first one I recommend it to you. Just you you can pick it up pretty cheap. Watch it at Christmas. It's an absolute hoot. It's mental. Watch it at Christmas. I love it. It ends it ends in a Catholic nunnery. That's where the film ends, like the climax. Of course. Yeah. I can't even remember why,
1: but that's what I remember. <laughs> okay, it's on the watch list. I might, might not bring it out for family Christmas. <laughs> yeah. um, Come on, family, gather around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no Muppets Christmas Carol this year. We're watching Silent Night, Deadly anyway. Night. <laughs> it's been recommended
1: by Scott.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is, it is a good one. It's, a, it's, a, it's an odd one um but ladies and gentlemen anyway that we, we, we shall finish there so really this has been an absolute like who i've really enjoyed this conversation now, thank you for coming on but you know it, this is this is me doing me let's talk about you where can people find you and uh, what have you got to promote
1: well thank you so much for having me it was so fun i feel weird because it we've this is us actually meeting it is, is strange yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but i just feel like i know you so that's really weird um, so thank you. I've had so much fun talking about it. I could talk about it forever, but I will wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so where can people... So you can hear me in your ears uh, with the Pop grillers So that's at Pop Gorillas. Yeah. Wow, well done. That's really good. Where we uh, review um, anything from pop culture in less time than it takes to listen to a song. If you're me, you use post-rock songs as a... Uh, as a time limit for that because you've got a lot to say so it can be anything up to five to eight minutes um <laughs> my co-hosts are much better at it um you can hear me on indie comic spotlight with the wonderful tony who is just amazing so i've started doing that with him so every month i'll be popping up there and i love it we did pretty deadly
0: a few mm, weeks oh, ago
1: so check that out
0: because i've only read the first six issues but that is a good book that is
1: what a book it is yeah. amazing um, and I'm going to be in the next few weeks launch. You can hear my beautiful tones on something called femme Ouh film. I went for the ooh. um, <laughs> where I will be talking about films that are either have female leads or been made by women that were, let's say, unfairly maligned either at the time that they came out or, you know, if it was a female director and then it wasn't successful, it was the fact that it was directed by a woman uh that it was not you know society said it wasn't successful so she never got to direct again all of those sort of things of deconstructing films that are for women about women by women whether they are actually good or in my opinion they are all amazing and feminist classics Um, (laughs) so that's going to be really good the first one i'm going to be doing is with tony it's going to be josie and the pussycats and i've got a few amazing people lined up as well uh, so I think that's it. Oh, and you can see me on the socials, yeah. Um, which is just my name because I'm very unimaginative, which is Ria <laughs> Carrigan, which is uh R-I-A-C-A-R-R-O-G-A-N.
0: That's me. Excellent. So let's go check those out, exactly. You know, you so I would say that you know, uh, Rhea and I know each other through the comics and motion crew. You mentioned Tony there, the old, uh, the great Tony Farina who's who's helped us on a number of things. Um, yep. Yes, go go check out Pop Grillers. I love Pop Grillers. Yeah, um, it's it's a fantastic little sort of nugget of joy yeah. in my ears. And every review, it's fantastic. And they are doing at this point. I mean, when this oh, comes yeah. out, they are doing a full review of the Halloween franchise, leading up to Halloween Kills. So. Check it out before you go watch it. If you want to have just that little sweet little nuggets before you go and check it out, this is the one for you. Go check it out. It's fantastic. There'll be links below as well for that. Um, So I hope we're doing that. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, if you like what we're doing on 20th Century Geek and you want to help us in 20th Century Towers, go and leave a review. Whatever your podcast catcher is, go leave us a review. Five stars, four stars. I'm not really at first, but it helps us get in the rankings and all that kind of stuff. And if you really like what you, we do, come find us on Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash 20CGmedia. Got all kinds of bits and pieces on there. Uh, my my brother from another mother, Julian Darius, and I are talking about the Twilight Zone. Uh, we're now all the way through the first season, ready for you guys to listen to it. I do 30-minute thoughts on some of the bits and pieces. It's fantastic content, so go and check it out. More of my dulcet tones and my wandering ramblings. It's fantastic. More like therapy. Just pay me to have therapy. <laughs> Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, and Rhea, thank you very much for joining me on this show. It's been thank a fantastic you. conversation. And uh, we shall talk again soon.